Welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. We can't discuss infrastructure and development in the Lower Mainland without talking about commercial real estate. And CBRE Vancouver Senior Vice President and Managing Director Jason Kisselback joins me today to do just that. Jason, thanks for being here. Thanks a lot for having me. So right across Canada, vacancy rates are at all-time lows. We are starting now to emerge from the pandemic. So what are you seeing in Metro Vancouver's commercial real estate market? Sure, yeah. Um, From a high level, I would say Vancouver has been one of the places to be in terms of North America through another global calamity, especially in the commercial real estate market. Um, If you go back to the early days, spring 2020, there was a ton of uncertainty as the pandemic started to unfold. Um, Same thing for our industry specifically. You know, we sent everyone to go work from home March 13th, 2020, and uh, thought it might be a short-lived period of time, but it played out a lot longer than that. Uh, The commercial real estate business is very tied to GDP, employment, and uh, population trends. So we, we tracked those very closely, but Um, Early days, it was very much pens down. We need to figure out what's going to happen in the greater economy and how that will play out in our industry. And as things started to unfold, we saw some some new trends uh, emerging, definitely, um, with, you know, remote work, you know, what was going to happen in the office sector specifically, um, huge adoption of e-commerce from people mm-hmm. who weren't necessarily doing that and what that's meant for the industrial um, sector long term. Uh, definitely some changes around apartments and, uh, and multifamily. I'd say uncertainty sort of categorized 2020. Going into 2021, we had a lot of question marks and thought, well, you know, if we could just sustain the activity we had in 2020, that would be a win. And we very much outperformed that in 2021. And we saw a lot of growth in the industry. And you fast forward to where we're at today, I would say the the mood is the most positive that it's been in the last couple of years. Um, And people are very bullish on the commercial real estate market and Vancouver as a city in general. What's fueling that bullishness then? Is it, you know, part of the mindset that we're coming out of uh, two years of a global pandemic where we've all felt really shut in and there's just an opening up or there's some other factors at play? Um, yeah, I think it starts with just how the city sort of performed throughout compared to some of the other major markets in North America, definitely in Canada, just a feeling about the city and the fact that we were able to be more resilient. Uh, but there's also just, I think people's mindsets have shifted from the pandemic mentality and going in and out of lockdowns and things like that to we are closer to the end than the beginning, we think. We hope. (laughs) And um, we're ready mentally to start making some of the business decisions that we've pushed off. And that, you know, plays out in the commercial real estate sector. Definitely. So if we're seeing a, a bullish market and we're seeing low vacancy rates, that must mean there's an impact to prices. Talk to me about some of those um, increases that you're seeing and, like, and, and what that means really. Yeah, it's, it, it was interesting uh, seeing how things played out in the different asset classes in terms of pricing throughout the past couple of years. Um, with the office market specifically, you would think, well, demand levels are off. You know, is everyone going to reduce prices? But that wasn't really how you were going to get demand back. It wasn't about, you know, 
prices going up or down. Um, so prices kind of held firm in terms of office. And now as we're seeing a return to demand for office space, prices are, are definitely escalating quickly. And I think the office market is one to definitely watch this year for big changes. Um, tons of pressure on the industrial market in terms of uh, price escalations there. Um, you know, it's the lowest inventory market in North America and there's no slowdown in demand. So there's definitely a lot of pressure on prices in that asset class. Uh, in terms of land and um, the residential side of things for, for multifamily, which we deal in, I think there was a little bit of a, a pause in, in 2020 not knowing you know what the rental market's going to look like but that's come back as well so there's pressure on on those prices as well so yeah we're, we're seeing that across the board you know a lot of this sounds like great news um you know <laughs> you think about we're seeing a vibrancy return to the downtown core slower maybe than what many of us including uh, the board of trade would like to see um but seeing people come back to the office but underlying all of that i mean you talked about industrial land we just have such a critical shortage of industrial land in our region that there are some factors i guess on the other end of this equation that there's a real crunch for space overall yeah, definitely. In terms of industrial, our biggest issue right now is finding space for people to, you know, expand into or occupy that they could actually move into even this year or in the next 18 months. Um, so it's definitely on the mind of those occupiers, you know, where else can we start to develop more property for industrial specifically? But Hard in this region. I mean, we're boxed in by mountains and, and the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, we start every presentation with someone uh, from out of the market with the map saying, you know, to the north is mountains, the west is ocean, east is agricultural land reserve, south is a border. So there's you're very much yeah, kind of boxed in there, seeing some creativity and development form and uh, people trying to make more use of uh, the sites that exist now. We're also seeing um, finally redevelopment of uh, functionally obsolete buildings uh, for industrial specifically. So some of the trends that we were predicting may happen are finally coming to fruition. And it's probably because of end unit pricing being where it's at, you can make sense of the economics now. Are there specific sectors fueling the demand? I mean, tech comes to mind. There's been uh, just a, a real growth that we have seen in that sector, but is it beyond that? Yeah, I mean, tech for office is the, the major industry. We've seen really uh, good growth in life sciences. Um, so, you know, manufacturing, light industrial or lab uh, engineering space as well. And that kind of crosses over between industrial and office. Uh, industrials, um, you know, on the larger you know, large format side of things, e-commerce is really fueling the demand. But we're seeing an e-commerce for you know newer types of products that we weren't before, specifically food and beverage and grocery delivery, uh, which is really ramping up. So you know all of those are are growing. And how does uh, what's happening in the Metro Vancouver region compare to other jurisdictions across Canada? I mean, as we started this conversation, vacancy rates are at all time lows right across the country, but are are there, is there anything that really sets Vancouver or Greater Vancouver apart from the rest of Canada? Yeah, I mean, our experience through the past couple of years was significantly better than the other mm-hmm. major markets. We in weren't Canada. in lockdown, like <laughs> lots of places. Yeah, I felt, you know, sorry for people in some of the other jurisdictions. And there's, you know, a few reasons for that. But, 
you know, when people would come out here in the last 12 months or so from, you know, Toronto or Montreal, they would say, it feels like we're about 90 days ahead of where they're at at any given time. So yeah, I'd say our experience was just significantly better than the other major markets. That's meant that we're probably ahead of them in terms of the underlying fundamentals as well. Uh, our vacancy is significantly lower for office and industrial than any other major market uh, in North America uh, for that fact. But um, yeah, it just feels like there's a lot of that's creating this bullishness like we talked about at the start and a positive um, attitude towards what the future of the city is going to look like. I think it's fueling interest in people moving here, you know, anecdotally for our company, some of the last um, positions that we've hired are people that are looking at moving here from Alberta or Ontario, um, probably just hearing, you know, how it's been the last couple of years and, and wanting to be part of what's going on in the city. And winters are certainly better here than they are in many places across Canada. You know, besides the pandemic, the one of the other big priorities for our members and for businesses in general has been around this um, understanding the importance and prioritizing ESG. So right. when you look at factors like that, you know, how does that play into organizations looking for space, whether it's, you know, industrial land or whether it's office space? Is this top of mind for, for many of the clients that you're working with? It's definitely becoming uh, a topic that we're discussing a lot more often. Anytime we're doing a bigger pitch to win business, companies are asking about how we can help them with ESG and what our ESG strategy is. Um, what I would say in terms of how you asked the question, um, a lot of companies have made commitments that say by 2030, we're gonna be carbon neutral. The leases that you're signing now or in the next couple of years are going to play into that strategy. And so if you're a larger occupier of office space, for instance, and you're looking at a longer term lease with a significant number of people, you're going to wonder how's that building going to fit in terms of our commitments for ESG. You know, they may look at even the ownership and what their commitments are for ESG. They might go as far as to say the broker partner that we work with also needs to commit to those factors. So it's definitely growing and we're spending a lot more time um, on, on those specific uh, benchmarks. And so it's not just, you know, when it comes to the office space, the kind of office space it's gonna have, but really, you know, what are some of those factors around uh, better sustainability, et cetera. And going back to the pandemic, Lots of organizations have decided that they're going to go to a hybrid structure or maybe work from home entirely or, you know, they really change the way that they are going to work. So when um, when companies come to you and looking for office space, are there changes in open office or going back to, you know, more individual offices to try and keep people apart? I mean, what are you seeing as far as trends? Yeah, it's interesting. We spent a lot of time on this topic over the past couple of years prior to the pandemic some jobs were performed remotely some of the time. And the change now is that pretty much every job will be performed remote some of the time. And so companies are adapting to, you know, how can technology help us work remote um, more efficiently in terms of the actual space design, it's early days, but um, you know, we've been working with a number of companies that are looking at now committing to space longer term and, they're definitely giving more thought to how does the workplace draw people in? And then once they're in the space, how do they use it? And concept of potentially, you know, different 
neighborhoods, let's call it, within the office that are for either heads down work some of the time, private meetings, book an office for a period of time. So more flexibility built within to allow for remote work uh, or hybrid work more often. I'm going to ask you to look a little bit in your crystal ball. Um, and I'm sure you're asked these kinds of questions all the time. But as we said a few minutes ago, it feels like we're coming out of the pandemic. We're certainly all very hopeful that we're in a much different place. So if you were to look out over the next couple of years or maybe even five years, where do you see demand for industrial land and office space for Greater Vancouver? Is it still going to continue that upward tra trajectory? I'm biased, but I don't see any. <laughs> I don't really see any issues in um, the demand for space. Like I see continued growth. Um, I see, you know, our GDP continuing to pick up. Um, growth in office employment sectors. The amount of people that are moving here, and that's all good news for all of our asset classes. Um, for but there's a flip side to this. This good sure. news, right? Yeah. Because where are we going to put all these people? I mean, yeah. is that really it? What, what would you say is our biggest challenge when it comes to commercial real estate for our region? Yeah, I mean, it's a supply challenge. It's And that's partly geography. It can come down to some of the policy. Um, we're also hearing, you know, around just the cost to build now with construction um, input inflation. Um, you know, the amount of time it's going to take to get permits, if there's a wave of demand for new occupiers that want to build out um, the office space that, that they've leased. So, yeah, costs, timelines, and yes, the, the geography and policies are all sort of the limiting factors. You know, and it's, it's really quite complex. And one of the things that we try to do on this, on this podcast is really talk about some of these challenges and, and how we solve them for a region. And you're talking about added costs to business when businesses are already facing so many added costs, whether we're talking about tax and regulatory issues or we're talking about uh, whether we're talking about inflation and supply chain issues. Um, and then there's, of course, as we already talked about, the industrial land uh, supply issue. So, you know, what would you say would be needed for to find some solutions to these complex problems? You know, how do we find these solutions and who needs to be involved in, in, in trying to find the way forward? Yeah, there's a couple of responses there, I guess. I mean, industry is trying to be creative, meaning the developer community. They're trying to be creative with build forms um, and densify as much as they possibly can while still delivering product that the market will demand. Short answer to your question, I think the government and industry need to work together as much as possible to come up with solutions that actually make sense. And there's some groups that are, you know, doing a good job of that. Um, you know, Board of Trade does a good job working with government. Um, NAOP, UDI, ULI, these industry associations for the commercial real estate industry uh, need to spend as much time as possible working with the municipalities, I'd say every level of government, but it really starts with municipal policy and then provincial to talk about what the issues are that we're facing and some pragmatic ideas that they can start to introduce that will actually affect some change. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the municipalities because I mean, that's really where the responsibility for permitting lies and, and a number of other um, issues that really do impact costs. So, you know, it, I, I, what I hear you saying is that to, to have the municipal government or governments, depending on what jurisdiction you're in uh, at the table, but the, the provincial government as well, and really looking at some solutions. Um, 
you know, what would you say? Uh, and again, I'm, I guess I'm asking about your crystal ball there that, you know, are we at a point where it is becoming critical for the growth of our region if we don't deal with these issues? In some areas, definitely. I mean, you know, industrials at 0.5% vacancy the last time we ran our stats. So there's no, no real room for growth there. And um, that one is very critical. And, I, you know, we hear a lot about housing in the news, and that's because it's, you know, you're dealing with people's primary residence. So it's, that one's critical as well, I would say. Um, so yeah, spending some more time on, let's call it the most urgent areas of need right now, I, I would prioritize. But you know, every asset class is affected by the land shortage in Metro Vancouver. So we need a, a good overarching, you know, policy and plan from all of the municipalities and Metro Vancouver. Yeah, it is time that uh, I would say that stakeholders uh, that are really important to this conversation, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, commercial real estate or whether it's businesses, uh, industry needs to work with government on this. Um, we've got to find some solutions to go forward. Yeah, and there's people that are doing good work, but I think we definitely need to ramp it up. Great. Well, with that call to action, Jason, <laughs> we're going to leave the conversation. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time to, to talk about some of the opportunities and challenges facing our region. Do appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. That's Senior Vice President and Managing Director at CBRE Vancouver, Jason Kisselback.